Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Dim's Take, episode 67. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Oh, why's that? I just wanted to bring some positive energy to the beginning. It feels like sometimes at the top, it's kind of like, uh, we often record in the evenings, which we are still, but I'm like, you know what? This is one of the most fun things we get to do together. So I'm going to bring some positivity. I love that. That's all I have. So the rest of the way, you're going to have to drag us. <laughs> <laughs> Means a lot. Means a lot coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> This is Matt and Rachel from the future recording this episode, just chiming in right here to say, literally within four minutes, Rachel was shaking her head at me because I derailed us and the tension in the room was palpable. I don't have anything to say. (laughs) But, well, listen to the rest of the episode to see if we got back on track. Well, tonight we wanted to talk about the physical toll of being parents. To a toddler specifically. To a toddler specifically in this phase. And this is separate. Obviously, there is a massive physical toll on the person who gives birth. Right. And you during the newborn phase. And obviously, just changes in hormones and all sorts of things affect you long term. But there are other physical things that having a kid bring about and I thought it might be interesting to talk about those things that are kind of less talked about as things that are wrapped up in parenthood do you think the best way to do this is we talked about potentially doing lists of the kinds of physical tolls do you think that's the best way kind of in yeah I think we can talk about what we're each kind of thinking about are some of these more subtle ways that parenthood takes a physical toll and then maybe how we have or aspire to alter our lives to combat these things. Yeah. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'm very curious where you're going to take this. So let's start off with you. Okay. I mean, I went very literal, I think, in my thinking. So I'm more excited for yours because I think yours will have more nuance. But the shift to the toddler phase has meant a shift to a little boy who is quite physical and particularly likes climbing on on me. And I enjoy wrestling with him. It's pretty, it's fun. But like when you say physical toll, I literally think of like the physical bumps and bruises that I received from him. So like the bite marks, the scratch marks. Remember when I had like that scratches on my face? Oh, yeah. People notice that, that one. That looks like a cat because he'd like <laughs> taken his hands and like sunk them into my cheeks some of this he's matured out of he's not biting like he was and he doesn't really like grab my face in quite the same way but i occasionally like he just does something that will hurt like he loves to he loves to stand on top of me when i'm laying on the ground and i always just am so worried that he's gonna jump (laughs) (laughs) and just crush your esophagus (laughs) yeah exactly and then sometimes it's just like when you're roughhousing like you know, a knee goes somewhere. Tonight, you had to explain that there are parts of our bodies that are more sensitive than other parts (laughs) that we don't want to (laughs) hit. Or jump on. (laughs) Or jump on. So when I I heard you say physical doll, that's instantly where my brain went. So I'll categorize all those together as, I guess, literal injury. (laughs) Literal injury. So I, my categorizing of that same experience was collateral damage of play. (laughs) <laughs> well that's much better than mine 
because I yeah I think there there is a time in which like he is just angry and he would bite or scratch but he mostly does not do that anymore but yeah. there is for sure like he is just a physical little person at this point and clumsy and clumsy like doesn't and, have control of yeah most parts of his body and just at loves any one climbing time. so but yes Oh, Collateral totally damage fair. of play. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, but that's a good one. He said about his own <laughs> list item, but you, your categorization was very good. All right, you go with the next one. You doing okay over there, pal? <laughs> I'm doing great. Well, okay. So what started kind of my whole thought about this was that we just get less sleep. Yeah, and that is, you know, mathematically very evident during the newborn phase. Right. But I was reading some studies today that show, like, up until they're, like, six years old, like, it is statistically proven that you get, like, 30 minutes less sleep or something Now, okay, of, while being a parent. Do you think that is true for us? No. He sleeps... <laughs> well, yes and no. Okay. He sleeps very well. Right. And so, for we, the most part... We have part, bragged about this on this podcast, so... And discussed some woes, but most <laughs> of the true. time, he sleeps very well. But I do think my awareness of another person who I'm responsible for in the middle of my sleep is resulting in me getting less quality sleep sometimes. Like even the other night, he like woke up in the middle of the night at some midnight 1 a.m. and just called out, went right back to sleep. Maybe he was asleep the whole time, but we still woke up. Called out mama, yeah. And still like disrupted our sleep. And we noticed this difference because Oliver spent an overnight with his grandparents this mm. past weekend. And we just both felt like super refreshed. Like I slept so well and you wake up and you don't have to like go do something right away. And then like within two hours of him being back with us, we're both just like, we need a nap. Like we're so tired. And I just wonder like, is that old age? Like, is that just like inevitable? <laughs> like we're... Like we are entering old age, yeah, not like old old, but like is is less sleep or like just being tired all the time, just like a symptom of getting older, which I think some of that is true. But I also wonder how much it is expanded by having a child. I think older people do sleep less. I do think one place that I feel this is if I have something that I want to do before Oliver wakes up. There is you're sort of feeling your wake up has a pressure to it. Yes. That is different because you don't know exactly what that time frame is. And that's maybe shifted just a little bit lately because he's been more content to kind of just be in his bed singing (laughs) to himself. But I do feel like it's like, okay, like I can't, I don't necessarily have 15 minutes to spare if I'm like really tired and just want to shut my eyes. So I, I can, I can see the argument and definitely the fatigue factor is real. It's very, and looped in but also somewhat distinct from the sleep factor yeah no i i can see it i believe it i don't know if we get like by minute less sleep but i could certainly be argued that the quality of our sleep is different yep i'm gonna piggyback on the fatigue by saying (laughs) this is this is a little bit of a weird one but like the workout nature of having a toddler he one of the things that he does that i dislike the most is when he insists that you stand even though my <laughs> kneeling is as tall as him up but up. yeah up stand up Dada. stand up 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 
I'm like, Oliver, literally, my head is almost a foot higher than you. Kneeling. And, and I'm kneeling. I don't need to stand up. Like, we can be looking at each other in the eyes if I'm sitting. Why don't we just do that? But he wants to jump off something together. So the number of up, downs, and we were talking about this too, about dinner the other day. Like, just the number of steps we get. I mean, I mean dinner is not a step-based activity, but... We should, goodness, be wearing, our... we should be wearing a fitness tracker for our meal time because <laughs> you constantly want more or the next thing and you're up and you're down. And then like I was thinking, I'm like, it's kind of interesting because there's like this dual physical toll on the one hand, like working out and finding time to do that is way harder. So probably your holistic health. Well, I can speak for myself because I'm not very disciplined. My holistic health is probably deteriorated as a father. At the same time, I'm like, am I stronger? Because I'm lifting a 30-pound boy most days. All the time. So it's like very selective fitness, maybe. That's really not going to help me in the long term, probably. <laughs> it's probably less related to my heart health. But yeah, the whole category of the workout toll, like it's very physical to be a parent. Yeah. Just the amount of times you're on the floor and getting up off the floor. Yes, that too. Yeah. And like in weird spaces, like some days I just find myself crammed into a closet and think, <laughs> how did I get here? What have I done to get to this point? But Oliver wanted to play in the closet. And so I scrunched myself in this tiny spot in the closet. And you just like, you do weird things as yeah. a parent. The trick to that is just being literally too big. Like I remember <laughs> at one point he, he had like an imaginary small pool. He's like, Dada, come join me. And I was clearly just ruining it all because I was way too big for the space. And he's like, Dada, here's the big pool. <laughs> Created a new imaginary space for me. <laughs> and I will have the little pool. Okay. What's your, do you have another one? I do. Yeah, great. That you spend, we spend way more time outside than we used to. Neither of us are particularly outdoorsy people. We, I like the outdoors more than you, but like if you think of like a backpacker who loves the outdoors, we are definitely not those people. No. And I love being outside though. I'm an outside person, not an outdoor person. (laughs) There's a distinction. And I have loved spending a lot of time outside with Oliver, spent a lot of time at parks, swimming, doing activities, lots of time outside in the summer. And I mean, I enjoy being tan but it is i am the tannest i've been this summer since i lived in greece for a summer and that was like 10 years ago and a part of me really enjoys that but i know long term my skin will severely suffer for the amount of sun exposure i get during these years (laughs) as a parent (laughs) because yeah we're just getting baked out in that California sun. You're going to be in your old age and me, Mr. Inside. I'm just going to be looking youthful over here. <laughs> but even you, you spend way more time outside than you used to. That's true. So it is both something I love in this season and know I will come to regret when I, in a couple of years, probably. But you won't really regret it. You'll look back and you'll say, oh, that was worth it. Yes. But my skin will look the worst for it. Do you have any others on your list? The only other one I had, and we might do a podcast episode about this more in detail another time, Oh, but is sickness with Oliver. Oh. And this this is a physical toll on your body because one, you are more likely to get sick because he brings sickness home from a variety of things and other children and places. And so like he just increases the amount of germs in your house i don't think we've even experienced the worst of that yet no we haven't had him in school or daycare so it's only going to get worse from here on out mm. but <laughs> even when you are sick we when we all had covid about a month ago 
the fact that he recovered quicker than us, which was a gift and a blessing. I was so glad. But that means you have a toddler who is running around like super jazzed because he's been sitting and doing nothing for days and you're still sick and you cannot fully recover. Like there's just almost no time. So your recovery period is so much longer. I tried to like push through because I was still sick when everyone else was starting to do better. And guess what? I got a fever again of 103 and was sick for another three days. (laughs) It is the great conundrum. You are up late and you are just praying, Lord, you know, please let Oliver be feeling better. Then the next day you're like, Lord, please make Oliver feel just a little bit worse. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least just be content to sit on this couch with me. But nope, you're up and moving and doing the things. And so it's just a very different physical state. Yeah, we do need to do a kind of a larger episode on sickness. Now that we've got a little bit of that, a little bit of, now that we've got a little bit of distance from our most recent experience, but. Maybe, maybe that's like a good winter episode when most people when are coming experiencing back. that kind of thing. So to your point, like these things, I mean, we are in, in some sense complaining about them or lamenting them as maybe a more appropriate term because I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we are both willing to like sacrifice and like it is a beautiful thing to be able to like have to have these obstacles. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing for us to have bodies that, can take this toll right like that's not everyone's reality too yeah but do you feel like there are ways or things we can do or have done to make the toll less heavy well i mean if i'm being frank lately i've been thinking i need to like get back into healthier routines in a host of ways like eating and you know working out more regularly because i think these things tend to be if you're whole, like kind of holistically, physically healthy. <laughs> like standing up and sitting down is not that much of a toll. Even doing it over and over is not that bad unless you're like a little bit out of shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's one of mine too. Like I try to do workouts that help like focus on like joint movement and the oh, yeah. ability to get up and down like the floor and be able to jump around like. I think that's a shift like that is kind of a more of a motivator for me to work out than it used to be, obviously. The other thing, and I am not always great at this, but you have to take in a bit more calculus of like when you go to bed or yeah, when you wake up. I have a bit of a habit of... When you say you, do you mean I? I. I have a bit of a habit of staying up late if I'm reading a really good book. and In- Inherited, as we've recently learned from your father. Yes. But once I get going, I just like, I need to know what's happening. And there have been a couple of times within the past, like, three weeks where I've stayed up past midnight reading a book. I can't believe that. And I don't know if I've, like, significantly suffered for it, but... I'm sure it hasn't helped in my parenting and my physical toll that all of that has taken. But it's, yeah. Whereas before, like, I could have done that and slept in or mm-hmm. come home and taken a nap whenever I wanted. And that's just not the case when you kind of have a window, you have to be awake and be a responsible human when you have a toddler. Yeah, totally. Anything else that you can think of? I'm trying to think. There is a big part of this. Most often, you know, it's at the end of a long day. So it's kind of like the multiple layers of fatigue. But there is something about this that, like, 
I know we're talking about physical, but like that's mental. Like there's also like, am I willing to give these vestigial ounces of energy to yeah, my son just in a play? little bit more. And it is a physical cost, but if I can mentally get to a place where it's like, you know what, like, I don't know, what am I going to use this physical energy for? I'm going to probably sit on the couch and eat some ice cream later. <laughs> I'm not going for a run tonight. <laughs> so, like, if I can get to a mental place, I think that that probably helps lessen. Yeah. Last night was a great example. He was throwing one of his stuffed animals at me, and then it, I was kind of letting it hit me and then letting it, like, throw back. And it's like, it's pretty... It's kind of a full body experience, but he was cracking up. Like he thought it was the funniest thing. And so in that in that case, it's like a slam dunk because, you know, a toddler's laugh is unlike anything. It's just yeah. infectious. But it just feels like, well, yeah, like mentally in that moment, it's like this is quite a bit of work to like throw myself back against this, you know, pillow and then get back up. But totally worth it. So I think yeah. there's a mental component certainly to how we think about the physical toll. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And I think this conversation has helped frame some of that for me. Oh, good. Being willing to like, yeah, like just do the thing. Yeah, I've never thought about it this much. but So it was helpful. It was a great topic idea. All right. Well, do you have any other stuff? I do have other stuff. Go for it. Okay. I've been reading this book that you got for me for this last Christmas. It's called The Address Book. What Street Addresses Reveal About Identity, Race, Wealth, and Power. It's by Deirdre Mask. I'm not done with it, but it is a book that is just right up my alley because you just get wonderful random factoids in this book. So I just wanted to share three on the podcast. Can I do that? Please. One, Russia has more than 4,000 main streets named after Lenin. They run 5,363 miles, which is longer than Moscow to Minneapolis. That's wild. Number two, Second Street is the most common street name in America because first streets are sometimes alternatively named main streets. Then finally, this one I think is amazing. In England in the 1700s, 90% of men had one of only eight names. John, Edward, William, Henry, Charles, James, Richard, and Robert. What do you think? Why is that fact in a book on addresses? Well, it's talking about how important addresses are to government and things like census taking and stuff like that because if you're just saying okay go find this john well that's meaningless but if it's john at 22 you know baker street or whatever now you can go and find find that person so anyway Hmm. it's a fun book yeah i love that you loved it so much it is very interesting my other stuff is farmers markets oh yeah of course i just love them you do i i mean like really just the amount of joy I get after I go to a farmer's market. If a farmer's market was a man, I would feel a bit anxious. Yeah, you should. You would be very threatened. We have a local one that is just on the street, like five minutes, which is like my dream. And it's on Thursdays and Sundays and going with Oliver and getting to watch him like pick out fruits and vegetables and like try to thieve and con farmers into giving him their blackberries. Which he's very successful at. Which he's very successful, but like actually have a relationship with these farmers and they recognize us. I just think it is one of the most beautiful, like grounding things that we can do. So anyway, that's my recommendation to find your local farmer's market and take a visit. That's great. Well, so we finish there. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tuesday.